Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another episode of the Cosby Street Podcast. Joseph Pavone here. Sean Dutra. Plenty to get into. Uh, what's this? The Halloween version? Oh. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it is Halloween just, tonight, right? Yeah, that was not a episode, good laugh, man. I tried. I it'll tried. be after Halloween, but we're still in the Halloween mode over here, right? Yo, Tom? well, I tried to get into the Halloween mode tonight. I'm just saying the kids didn't fucking... <laughs> Why did I bring this up? So I got so mad today because he didn't get any uh, trick or treaters. Not so. a single fucking trick or treater. This, uh, this is a touchy subject. Already. I live on a cul-de-sac, a dead end goddamn street. No trick or treaters came down here. I'm gonna have to change the culture on this cul-de-sac, man. Hey, you're brand new to the block, man. You'll, you'll have to uh, change things around. You know, it's gonna take some, it's gonna take a while. You haven't even Just been that. here for a year, so you got plenty of time to do that. If you guys want candy, come. I got you. All right. I stocked up this morning. <laughs> I woke up early before work, realized I didn't have candy, went to Walmart, grabbed three bags of candy, dropped it back off, went to work. Came back early from work because I was like, I got to get there for the trick-or-treaters. Ain't not a single fucking one. <laughs> but then again, we got to, you know, get things ready for the show. We got to prep a bit. We got plenty to talk about. Yeah. You got the uh, trick-or-treat motherfucker. Milwaukee Bucks in town. The undefeated Milwaukee Bucks and the news of Giannis Antetokounmpo in action for this game has obviously added a lot more anticipation to this one because let's face it, if there's no Greek freak in this game, this is all Celtics by a landslide. So I'm glad that he's going to be available and we're going to see one hell of a game tonight. So we'll break that down. Also, we'll look ahead like we always do. Sean will give us a schedule. We've got a five game road trip ahead of us. We'll get more into that and we'll go through some NBA headlines. Somebody from uh, the Golden State Warriors set an NBA record and went off 
and it's not Steph Curry. I'm sure you guys know by now, but we'll break that down and talk about that. But uh first things first, Sean, let's start with this. Kyrie Irving drops 31 points against the Detroit Pistons Tuesday night, the first time he's scored 30-plus points all season long was obviously a huge factor. Uh, 13-point third quarter got things going, and then he finished strong as the Celtics uh, pulled away in the in the final couple of minutes there. 108 to 105 was the final score. Uh, Sean, you were kind of concerned, I, I'm putting that lightly, uh, with Kyrie Irving's offense, saying that maybe he just wasn't 100% there. Did you change your mind at all with what he did against the Pistons? Was that a one-time thing? Where, where, do, you, uh, where do you stand now I mean, in terms of where Kyrie Irving is offensively? Offensively, I think he found where he needs to be. I think he sort of, and it was, if you remember last year, it was sort of the same thing last year. He went through spurts where he would try to be passive and, and, and work within the offense and it just never worked out. The, the, the way the offense is designed for Kyrie to be aggressive, right? But at the same time, I told you the fro was bad. <laughs> I, t- I I said from the get You actually said that go. from the preseason. From the moment you saw the new look, you were like, that's not a good look for him. And that is Derek Rose-like. Thank you. Thank you. You know, before the injury, before he, uh, you know, tried to come back and be and the old, you know old Derrick Rose. I got, it was, the, it was the hair of, that did him wrong. Right? I got a little bit of a problem because the worst person in Celtics media right now is Chris Forsberg. Hands down, the worst person in Celtics media. And he comes out, oh, hey, hey, I won't, I won't even, I won't go there. But please don't talk from the side of your mouth. Please don't. <laughs> I just, did, could, did it come over the mic that I did it? <laughs> no, but I can see. He goes, hey, 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 hey. No, no. But seriously, though, he comes out, hey, everybody, the, he cut his hair, he cut his hair. Where were you before? Where were you before saying that the hair was bad? No, you just fucking notice change. That's well, you're the you only one do. saying that. We'll give you props for that. No, but I'm saying the hair is bad. It's always been bad. It's always been bad. If somebody doesn't, if somebody lets their hair grow, it's not a good look. It's never a good look. You're never going to be the same. It means you're lazy. It means you're not, not like ready to go. It's a whole mindset thing. The image is everything in the NBA player. You can't like let yourself go. I saw the picture that they use. I'm not sure if you noticed this, but the picture that they use for his picture on NBC Sports when they show his stats and shit, literally, now that you look at Kyrie cut up and just fucking back to normal, looks like a bum. (laughs) He literally looks like Uncle Drew's nephew who is addicted to the streets. Like, he can't. He can't. He can't. He can't he, kick he it. He can't stay away from the, nah, uh, yeah, from the from the dangers of the streets. You know, like that. I'm just saying the hair. The hair meant everything. Well, obviously the hair came up after the game. They asked him about it, and his simple his, his answer was simple. He told Jackie McMullen because I felt like it. That's why I cut it. She asked her why did you cut the hair? Because I felt like it. It was time for a change. He made a joke about how yep. it took him forever to dry his hair and how it's much quicker now. Well, of course, of course, it, it all was makes, a new look. It, it's all it's it was, all a story it was, now. It was a new look he was trying out. As long as Jackie McMullen reported it, you know, it's a story now. You know what I mean? Well, it was it was going to be a story heading into that game, and whether he played well or not. No, 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 no. People were going to bring it up. But Sway, Jackie McMullen reported it. Okay. So it really means everything. Well, she asked the question. It was in the script. Well, she she asked the question. She didn't write a feature on it. You so make it, it sound like so she wrote it, a feature so on the whole thing. So it means something. You know what I mean? That's the burning question. That's what that's what uh that's what she said. It didn't mean anything before Jackie McMullen asked it. You know, it only meant a lot to Sean Ducha. That was it. Yeah, but all all I all I know is that if Kyrie if Kyrie Irving can play like that, 
Like that. That's the Kyrie. He can we, always play like that, Sean. I told no, you this last week. Yo, right. where, okay, where was it? And also, also, if he could always play like that, which which I which I agree with, he can always play. That, that that's Kyrie Irving. That's the guard we saw. We traded Isaiah mm, Thomas for. It's not like you were worried. It's not like you were talking about the injury still lingering. No. Maybe that's what was slowing him down offensively. I, I that's think, what it seemed like you I, were making. It, that, that's exactly what you were making it sound yeah, like. Actually. I think one hundred percent there is. I, I think that. We've seen one game out of him that has looked like the Kyrie that we want. Will he continue it? I hope so. And will he continue it through the entire year? I think that over the course of a a season, if he stays healthy, then yes, this is the Kyrie Irving we should expect. This is the Kyrie Irving we saw last year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he, he didn't look like the Kyrie Irving from 2017 to start the season. So, yeah, I think injury does play a part in it, and I think his rehab plays a part in it, and his time away from the basketball court plays a part in it. Well, I agree with you on one part that you said. The fact that this is what we saw last year, the same Kyrie Irving we saw last year is what we saw Tuesday night against the Pistons, but this isn't the same team that we saw last year. That's the biggest difference, Sean. You see what Jason Tatum is now. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Jason Tatum's not going to get those end-of-the-game shots a year ago that he's getting now. You, you, you've seen the strides that he's made within the last year. Well, he sort of had a bad game against the, Well, right. But hold on. Hold on. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. No, he's, he's been a little, he's been a little but off. But still lately. it was fine. Still it was fine. It was though. still fine because Kyrie Irving did his thing. But let me tell you this though. Well, all right. Let me get to my point here. Yeah. My whole point is Kyrie Irving has to pick his spots now. He has to make sure that he's getting everyone involved because on in the long run, he has to know that guys like Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum, those three specifically, are going to reach their ceiling of potential throughout the course of a regular season. Now, what I mean by that is you have to make sure that come April, these guys are in a mindset that they're ready to take over when they need to. These guys are in the same mindset and the same page in terms of if Kyrie's not feeling it, we're willing and able to take over. And the only way you can do that is if you get those those vital experiences throughout the course of the regular season. Now, obviously, we saw that with Tatum last year. We're seeing it a little bit in the early go. But I think the fact that Kyrie Irving is averaging less field goal attempts than he ever has, a career low in field goals, is speaking, it speaks volumes to what he's doing. But he's controlling himself in the sense of, here's the time to take over, drive to the hoop, take my shots, take over the offense, and then here's the time to dish and distribute and set up my guys. So I think, but I think though, I agree with you, but I think that Kyrie was fucking up in the first six games of the year. I think he was being too passive. I think he was trying to get those guys involved where the only reason why Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown like grew into a gigantic role last year was because Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward were injured. If the team is going to be built around Kyrie, Kyrie needs to take control. And just like you said, when Kyrie is off, that's when he needs to start passing the ball more. Yeah, but you don't. Have but, to, but, but, but you don't but, want but to I, wait like, until that happens. Though. But but I feel like the first couple you, of games of the season, he was like, "I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to pass the ball. I'm just going to give it to Tatum, give it to Brown, give it to Hayward." You know what I mean? Like. I think that they're – I think, like, if if Kyrie is the max guy, which you know my feelings on that. I'm not 100% convinced. But if Kyrie is the guy and you're building everything around Kyrie, then every single night – I'm not saying he has to score 31 every night. 
But every single night, he has to look as aggressive and as comfortable as he did last night. I'm sorry. Give me the best player on any team, and they're not passive. To a certain extent, they are, though. No, no. Look at the Golden State Warriors. What do you mean? Guys yeah. like Durant, okay. All right. Clay Thompson, the, Steph Curry. You can't compare anybody to the Golden State Warriors. I'm talking about, like, give me the, give me, whatever, the top five players in the NBA, right? They're not passive. They're not going to sit and watch and just pass and not get their own shot, which Kyrie was doing for the first six games of the season. To me, you have to build a level of trust with these guys because they're young. Like, this is the unique situation that we're talking about. Like, he's never been in a situation where he is, A, the veteran, the most experienced one. I mean, aside from Al Horford, he's the one that has a ring. He's the one that's been to the championship, been to the NBA Finals more than anyone. And I think that because he has these young guys around him, guys who may be inexperienced. I mean, minus last year, some of these guys have obviously been to the Eastern Conference Finals. But for the most part, that was their only taste of, of, of a deep playoff run. But here, so you have to build a level of trust. Nah. And right now is the time to build that level of trust. But Even I, after the game, Kyrie Irving talked about how, look, if it cost us losing three or four games here or there, then so be it. I want these guys to get that experience and, and know that, A, I trust them to give them the ball, and B – that they trust themselves to 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 come through in those clutch moments, and that they're ready to step up when they need to step up. But I'm sorry. I mean, if the, if the Golden State Warriors can figure it out, you can figure it out. You know what I mean? The Golden State Warriors have two Kyries on their team, right? And they figure it out. And both both superstars, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, they get their shots. Yeah, but there. that's what they're doing though. They're trying to figure it out. No, they have figured it out. They've won, well, the, a cha- they've no, the won war- two championships. No, 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 no. I'm saying the Celtics are trying to figure but it out. That's Clearly what I mean. the Warriors have figured it that, out. That's what I mean. Like, it, it can be figured out. And guess what? It, people can say Steph Curry took a back seat because I agree. Steph Curry, Curry did take a little bit of a back seat and just being like the man. But he gets his shots in every night. He is not passive. He's not standing at the top of the key, just passing a ball, just moving it around to get – uh, you know, Clay involved, the Draymond involved, or Kevin Looney involved, or whoever the hell he wants to get involved. Like, no, he gets his shots in. And, and I'm sorry, like, that's on top of having Kevin Durant. That's on top of having Clay Thompson. Like, there is somebody that took a sacrifice on that team, and it was a third best player. Mm, he seemed kind of passive a couple of nights ago against the Chicago Bulls. Oh. Steph Curry, when huh. Clay Thompson went off. 14 they three-pointers. They legitimately fed him the ball. 52 points. No, that's 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 how they keep him happy. They go, hey, you're going to have three quarters. That'll be the best three quarters every single year. Other than that, shut up. But Are the Warriors making you think that this could be the best season? Are, are they going to top their, their 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 record of of, of winning no. 72 games? No. 73 games? No, I don't me? think so. You know? No. You know why? Right. Clay's growing that hair out, bro. I don't like that. Also, oh, he's doomed. And he it's a wrap. And my second biggest pet peeve is headband over the ears, bro. I don't like that shit at all. I haven't seen that in a while. You haven't seen that in a while. You know why? But now he can't not wear it because he went off for 52 points while yeah, wearing and, it. And, and, and I guess would be a hamstring issue coming up to sideline him for 14 to 17 games coming up soon. Any part of you thinks that these two are just sort of like subconsciously going off just to sort of tell Ooh. Kevin Durant, like, hey, we could do this without you. If you want to leave next year, then uh, so be it. No, well, we'll go off. We, we can we can carry our own around here. Eh. We can hold our own. We won a championship without you, Durant, so we can do this. 
and it, it it does scream 2015 right now. Big time. The Warriors, you know especially I mean? before Clay's performance. Yeah, like, I'm I'm looking that, at Steph Curry. I'm that like, was like is this, is this MVP, MVP Curry? Curry? Exactly. Like yeah. this was like when I had League Pass and watching the Golden State Warriors was like favorite TV show. Yeah. Like it was literally a show. 24, 26 points in the first half. Five, six, three points in the first half, blowing them out by halftime, and, and then going into the third quarter and seeing like, hmm, is Steph going to go for forty-five? Oh or no, wait, uh, Clay's, Clay's was going to hit seven three-pointers in the third quarter. That's what they look like right now. No. I, I think it's unreal, man. So, these guys are, but these guys are pretty fucking but I, good. But I do think that the Warriors have the blueprint there, like how to make superstars blend together, and you just have to let it go. But like, like I'm sorry, even if, if. The game was on the line, right? Who's the alpha on the um, on the Warriors? Who's the alpha? Durant. All right. Obviously. Durant, because he can create off the so dribble if, better than anybody. If the game was on the line. He still gets the ball? Yes. And you know what? If the game was on the line halfway through the fourth quarter, guess what he does? He takes over the game. If the game's on the line, who's taking over? For the Celtics, Kyrie Irving or Jason Tatum? Well, to start it was Jason Tatum. For the first six games of the year, it was Jason Tatum. It wasn't because they were like, "Yo, Tatum, you're on, you're our guy." It was the fact that Kyrie was nowhere to be found. Kyrie was like hiding in the background, like not wanting to take over. Like you already said, it. He had the least amount of field goal attempts to start the season as he ever has, which is not good. You, he used to play with LeBron James. <laughs> but Sean, why do you want him to dominate in October? When you know, come April, May, and June, that he's going to have to perform at a higher level I'm just saying, than anybody. I'm just saying, this is his contract year. He's got okay. to build trust in these guys. He's got to build trust in his teammates that they're able to contribute and step up, and I'm not sorry. only do wait, it, wait. not only do it in the beginning of the season, but have that experience under their belt, so that when it come March, come April, come May, come March, they're come able April. to go off. Come March, come April, come May, they are ready to play because they did it without you last year. Because guess what? Your knee was fucked up again, yeah, Kyrie. But see, that's the Guess whole, what's going to happen this that's year? That's my whole point. Because if they're, if Kyrie Irving is available, in their minds, they're thinking, okay, it's going to be a completely different season. Kyrie Irving is like, it doesn't have to be completely different. We're just going to tweak things a bit. How is it completely We're not going to be though? like last year. They they won 16 games in a row last year with Kyrie, with Kyrie being Irving their the best whole team player. on their back. Yeah. So what is, what is so different about so it? So you think that with that formula that they can knock off a team like the Warriors come June? You worried about Tatum? I'm not worried about Tatum. Are you worried about Hayward? Uh, to a certain extent, but not really. Are you worried about Brown? No. Are you worried about He's been Horford? playing really well lately. Horford? No, absolutely not. What are you worried about? This team is fine. This team needs Kyrie. Like, this so if this team goes in a seven game series against the Warriors right now, they're going to win? No. That's what I'm saying because they need to develop. While, meanwhile, the Warriors, they don't have to develop anybody. These guys have been doing it for the last four years. Listen, listen. listen. There's a ceiling above these guys, Sean. That's what I'm saying. Guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, there's a ceiling of potential that they have to reach before they face off against the Warriors. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, there's no ceiling above them. They are who they are, and they're pretty fucking good. Okay, you want to throw him in there? Okay, he's got a ceiling. He's the only one who has a ceiling because he's coming off an injury. He's got no ceiling. Gordon Hayward. (laughs) I see what you do there. Gordon Hayward has a ceiling because he's coming off an injury. Jalen Brown has a ceiling because he's 21 years old. Jason Tatum has a ceiling because he's just getting started. Got a little Wayne in the building. No ceilings. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a ceiling for these guys. 
And if they want to top a team like the Warriors, they have to reach that ceiling. No ceilings, motherfucker. That's what I'm saying. Nah, man. Nah. I think that at the end of the day, my point is you need to see that Kyrie can still play like that. The first start of the season, I was concerned. You heard the last podcast. I thought he was still injured. The fact that he was able to come on and play like that after he cut his hair tells me that, okay, maybe Kyrie's back. Because at the end of the day, if you think that this team can beat the Golden State Warriors or scratch the Golden State Warriors, get out of the East, you need Kyrie to be Kyrie. Because I said from the start, from the start, this season, Kyrie's going to need to be our best player. This season, he's going to need to be our best player. Next year, I think Tatum will be a best player. But this year, Kyrie needs to step up and be the best player on the court. And I think if you have aspirations of winning a championship, that's the only way you're going to get there. We'll be back with plenty more of the Causeway Street Podcast. But I wanted to take this time to talk to you about Calm Bombs. Now, Calm Bomb is a bath bomb that is made from CBD oils and some of the best bath bombs that you can find. I've already used it. Sean's already used it. And we've said nothing but good things about it. So I don't know what you're waiting for at this point because all you have to do is head over to www.buybombshelpmoms.com and head to the Indiegogo page. And just like that, you can get yourself signed up to some of the best bath bombs around. Now, the good thing about this product also is that the CBD oils give you that type of comfort that make the bath bomb all worthwhile. And at the same time, you're also helping others. $5 of your purchase goes towards mothers in need, and that donation has been what's been carrying this whole thing all along. Now, head over to www.buybombshelpmoms.com and click the Indiegogo page and get yourself signed up. Calm Bombs is the best bombs around. Don't miss out. Head over today to www.buybombshelpmoms.com and click the Indiegogo page. All right, let's get back to this podcast. All right, well, if you feel that way about Kyrie Irving in terms of him coming back from an injury, how do you feel about Gordon Hayward? I mean, he went 3 for 10 uh, Tuesday night. He did have a pretty good game before that. We put up 15 points, and he played a pretty good against the Thunder and, the, and you know, the first game against the Pistons. But obviously, you look at what happened, you know, six points against the Pistons, 25 minutes. How concerned are you with his development? Is it still too early to say you're technically concerned or do you think that there's more to it than that? Does Brass even need to shake things up? No. Does he need to come off the bench soon? No, I think that's – What do you I, think? I I think it's ridiculous. I don't think he needs to come off the bench at all. I think it's ridiculous too. Okay. I, th- I, think, I, I think that Gordon Hayward's a superstar. He's was brought in to be the second best player on the team, right? When he was brought in, he was the fir- he was the best player on the team. Then we traded for Kyrie. So I thought that Gordon Hayward was going to suck this year. Like – until the All-Star break, I didn't expect anything out of Hayward, anything at all. I expected people to expect things from him, but I didn't expect anything from him. So I think what he's been doing so far has been past my expectations. I think that he's been – he looks – I don't know the best way to say this. He looks like – sort of like if like a like a video game character came off the screen and started walking in real life. Like he still looks like he's a little bit all like – just not there yet like a little bit his arms aren't moving the right way Mm. with his legs that's just my perspective but he's been able to he's been able to put up points he's been able to defend he's looked like he's understood what's going on on the court he's not he's not making horrible mistakes Mm. the reason why he hasn't looked bad yet 
is because he hasn't pushed himself yet. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he's an athlete. He can he can he's a he's a great basketball player. He can blend in on an NBA court, just like any washed up superstar can blend in on the NBA court. You know what I mean? But I think the next step is to see him extend himself. Is mm-hmm. to see him break out of that comfort zone and to start taking over games. Because we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, but you know he's I mean? like the type of player that he's got to be 100% comfortable before he can do that. He's yeah. just not quite there. But let me tell you this, though. An encouraging sign is we talked about this in the preseason. Obviously, he's driving to the hoop. I love the backdoor cuts. I love those looks. I love those uh, reverse layups that are pretty much like 100% every yeah, time but, he does it. But, sorry, that, but, what I, what, but what I'm going to say also is the knockdown jump shots, the fadeaway jump shots. That's going to be his bread and butter. That's going to be the shot that makes him a 16-point score, 15-point score, which is what I have for him heading into the regular season. If he can hit that come January, come February, you have nothing to complain about. You should be very happy with that sort of outcome from someone like Hayward coming off of that injury. Yeah, but I just feel like like backdoor cuts and layups and like reverse layups and and – two-point jumpers are just like okay like that is you know pretty like college basketball as stuff you know what i mean like he isn't he isn't where he needs to be yet and obviously that's an obvious statement he isn't where he needs to be yet but he's tentative and he's just going for the easy stuff he needs to break out of the comfort zone that's my thing but i do i do think that by the end of the year i think you could be looking at gordon haywood as easily because right now it's not cemented but i think right now he'll he'll be an all-star and he'll be the third best player on the team all right let's switch gears a bit here we'll keep it celtics but let's talk about the uh, milwaukee bucks the only undefeated team in the nba seven and oh milwaukee bucks coming to town against the celtics like i said from the top Giannis antitacumpo will be in the building he will be playing and this team cannot wait to face the Celtics because obviously what happened last year has left a bad taste in their mouth. Game 7 loss against the Celtics at TD Garden, a game that I can't help but think that they really thought they had a chance to win. And now they get the chance to prove themselves because heading into the regular season, everyone's talking about Boston. Everyone's talking about Toronto. Very little people mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks above those two teams or three teams, I should say, um, in the, in the Boston Celtics, the Toronto Raptors, and of course the Philadelphia 76ers. But here we are, seven games in, seven and oh, the only undefeated team, Sean. What can we expect out of the Milwaukee Bucks? What can we expect we talk from long the term? Boston Celtics in this matchup? Tonight, okay, at TD Garden. Tonight, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I think you very good game. The best team in the NBA, record-wise, versus the best team in the Eastern Conference, talent-wise. I mean, I think that if so, if the Celtics do lose tonight, I don't think you take anything from it. You know what I mean? I think if the Celtics lose tonight to the Bucks, the Bucks are on a roll right now. Yeah. They're hot. You know what I mean? Like they're playing well. Ante Decumpo's back. Who's the second best player on the Bucks? Chris Middleton. Okay, other than that, who's the third best player on the Bucks? Um, Eric Bledsoe, probably. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Okay, so at the end of the day, will the Bucks be knocking on the Eastern Conference door? The only way. So here, here here's what here's what I'll say is that the Bucks. I I believe in the Bucks, and I believed in the Bucks last year. I believe in them again this year, but I don't think they're a contender just because. They don't have they don't have the type of squad that can contend in the playoffs. But if Giannis 
finally, not finally, but takes the step that he's been meaning to take the entire time and be a legitimate MVP candidate and be consistent and not just have a hot, like, two months and then fizzle out. You're talking about LeBron James level. I'm talking about take over as the hands-down best player in the Eastern Conference. No one can stop you if they wanted to type of takeover like we saw from LeBron James. Like, we saw LeBron James do so many times now, I'd, against I'm, the Celtics in the last three postseasons. You're putting LeBron James in my mouth, though. I don't think he's going to be LeBron James. You're talking about MVP candidate. I'm not saying an exact replica of LeBron James. What I'm saying is that level. LeBron James, okay, Kevin Durant, James Harden, guys like that yeah. who once they catch fire, Does he make it into it. that class? Look out. Does he, does he firmly supplant, supplant himself in the, I mean, he's not going to be on LeBron James level, but like. Well, yeah, that class. Because the, I, I the think Kevin he, Durant, I think James Harden, the Russell Westbrook. The top closers. And, the top closers and, in the NBA. Yeah, it's because like right now, right now, there is an obvious difference between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Milwaukee Bucks. And that is the fact that hands down, the best player is on the Oklahoma City Thunder. So like, until Giannis can be in that class where maybe it's a toss up or maybe he, you know, is in the Eastern Conference and he's right there with Russell Westbrook as being like one of the best players in the NBA, legitimately MVP type level because he's been great. He's been great, but he hasn't been arguably better than everybody else in the league. You know what I mean? Like. It's always been like, yeah, Giannis is there, but I'm still taking LeBron. I'm still taking Westbrook. I'm still taking Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? You can't argue over over them. So until he can get to that level and break through, then I still think you view the Bucks as a four or five seed. And, hey, maybe they get home court advantage this year. You never know. Yeah, which would have changed everything if they had that last season. Yeah. Yeah, it's against the Celtics. I think from a defensive standpoint, Giannis means so much to this team that that's – the edge, so to speak, not from a team standpoint, but I just think there's moments where he can lock down on you and prevent you from scoring in the last few minutes of the game, and all of a sudden you lose the game because he's also doing it on the offensive end. I mean, that, that's how good he is. I mean, that's why I mentioned a guy like LeBron James because he's able in the same way to affect both ends of the floor, make it hard for teams to to drive to the hoop, make you shoot. Yeah, but make you beat them from – he makes teams beat them from the perimeter. So here's the thing. Though. That's what makes him so tough on the defensive end. That's what's going to make him so impactful against the Celtics Thursday but, night. But LeBron really never developed a three-point shot. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm talking about defending – I mean, no, I'm talking about the fact that he's in the middle. It forces teams to, to rely on the three-point shot. Okay. And yeah. that, that happened a lot throughout the seven-game series against the Bucks last season between the Celtics. You know who I think is really like the the X factor for the Bucks, like if they want to really like make noise in the Eastern Conference. Defensive end, just in general. End. Who you who who do you th- who do you think on Wednesday? <laughs> I'm thinking one guy because of what happened in Game Three and Four. I'll yep. just say Thon Maker. Yep, that's it. So you thinking of? Yo, Thon Maker. I thought he was going to be a stud when he came. You to really like? I thought that was a steal. Came. I yeah. thought that was a steal. I remember you telling me all about it. And him. he's still raw, and I think that they're still developing him. And you know what? Hey, if they've developed Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was raw talent, they maybe can develop Don Maker too. But so far this year, eh, not too much. But I think that the difference is, is that it's just consistency, man. It's consistency. If Giannis can can be consistent and he can consistently take over a game 
and there's not a game like you saw in the playoffs, like where he, what, put up, had five fouls and put up 15 points. Would LeBron ever do that in the playoff series? Mm-mm. Would Kevin Durant ever do that? Probably not. Would Russell Westbrook ever do that? Uh, I see your point. That's what I'm talking about. He needs to be consistent. And I'm not talking about consistency on a 10-game streak and, like, great, he's the best player in the league for 10 games. I'm talking about a season of pure dominance. And, hey, I will say this. If there is ever a season for him to do so, it's this season. Because this is the season that he's been building and building and building. And if he if he actually, in my opinion, if he doesn't get to that level this year, or at least borderline that level of, like, top two, three NBA player in the league, then I think this year is a disappointment for him. Mm. And I think you're going to look at his career development and say, what's going on? Does he need to leave Milwaukee? <laughs> like, for real, like, all the good things that have happened in Milwaukee for him so far, would it have happened sooner if he was in another place? Something to think about. Something to pop in your mind. A <laughs> plant the seed there. A little something-something there. Yeah, it's Stevens. All right. Let's That's- wrap this thing up, Sean. Let's uh, look ahead to the uh, the five-game road trip a little bit. Right. Maybe you don't have to say all five games, but let me start by saying this, Sean. If the Celtics do win tonight, mm. your 4-0 and prediction is going to come true because bada they were bing, able to boom. knock off the Pistons twice. They knocked off the Oklahoma the City what Thunder. What I tell you about the Pistons? Hey, I'm, I'll, I'll hand it to you. I thought what they were going to split that I thought they would split that series. You got that one. You got that one. What I tell you, they never believe in the Pistons. Hey, they were undefeated heading into that season. Listen, if Rick, had, if Rick they were Mahorn. Undefeated, they were undefeated heading into that to that one and one series. If Rick Mahorn and Joe Dumars are not on the Pistons or – Rasheed Wallace or Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, don't believe in the goddamn Pistons. So you're not right? believing in Blake Griffin, huh? You're not believing if, in Blake if Griffin hype? Ish, if Ish Smith is still one of their top three scorers on the team, don't believe <laughs> in that team. That is a solid NBA fact that I just gave you. Is it because his first name is Ish? It's because his last name is Smith, mixed with his first name being Ish. Ish Smith. Um, Refresh my memory. Are, are you buying into this Blake Griffin thing? Is this going to be consistent? No, I ain't buying this Blake Griffin thing, man. That's what I thought. I'm That's telling what I thought. Okay. you, man. Blake's going to play 40 games, 10 games less than what Kawhi will play. Are you doing that thing again? Come on, man. What? I don't think that's true. I'm just saying. What I meant by that is, is he going to put saying. up 28 points? Is he going to shoot 45% from the three-point no, no, arc? He's, he's not going to Man, he was practicing hard before the Pistons game. I will, I will say. Before, before he Blake, faced the Celtics, I was watching him from Blake that corner. He was, he practices hard now behind the arc. Blake has talent, but he can't stay healthy. That's been the story of his career. That's why the, that's why the, that's why the Clippers traded him for fucking, oh, wait. By the way, I wanted to say this because I've been noticing this. What's up with Avery Bradley, bro? He's averaging like eight points a game in 30 minutes. Just Tough. sucking. He's not 100%. No, he sucks. <laughs> he's not 100%. No, he's like, go, Doc's like, be like, well, Adam, Doc's being like, hey, you'll always be raised back up. <laughs> I don't think he's saying that. I think he is. Well, add him to the list of Brad Steven products that are no longer productive like they used to be. When they were in Brad Stevens' system, but one more thing I want to say: Don't about you Blake put Griffin Jay Crowder though. on that list. Jay Crowder, eh, he's on, he's on his way. Evan Turner's already there. He's waving the flag. Evan no, Turner's Crowder, the best example. Crowder, Isaiah Thomas is there. Crowder, Crowder's been Crowder has found himself a nice, nice role. 
I am worried same about Same player, him. though? He's not the same player. I am, I am worried about him being like, he's not the same you know, player if the Jazz really start to play, he's all of a sudden not in the rotation. Like, I got that feeling. <laughs> that they just fucking take Crowder out the rotation. Goes See? from a starter, from being like, you know, oh, don't worry, Crowder, you're, you're still playing, to, hey, just sit this one out. See, my take with about Blake Griffin, though, is that because he was traded from the Clippers, because his failings were hurt from that trade, that he's going to step up, man. He's going to do his thing. Nah. nah. He's going to find consistency. He's trying to prove a point here. I think he's trying to prove a point that will not be proven. I think he is trying to prove a point. I th- I agree with you. I just don't think the point will be proven. That's, that's where I'm going with that. All right. Let's look ahead. Who we got, Sean? All right. So before I look ahead, I'm going to look back. So we're going to get into this right now. Here comes a one-two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series. Five to one the final tonight. And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. Your Boston Red Sox, baby. Oh, okay. That's where I'm going with it. All right. Sox, baby. You're talking about looking back at the week that we got in sleep deprivation going. That's what you're talking about, huh? The Sox win the World Series, baby. <laughs> hey, Woo! Oh, hell yeah. What a series, man. We gotta just talk about this for five minutes. What a series. What a playoff run. What a team. I can't, I, I, I seriously can't believe the fact that, oh, you remember game two, game two against the Dodgers. Price suspicion, he went down 2-1 and I said, what'd I say? Pull him. I go, you did say pull him. I go, pull him. And you guys, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, just relax, relax. You did say that. I said pull him. I I didn't have to. Yo, it's the second inning, man. Relax. And, and he hasn't given up his three or four runs yet. Like he did. But he was down 2-1. He gave up, gave up a couple of, a lot of hits, man. But I gotta say, David Price, you the man, bro. You the man. I hate the people who are giving him shit for the way he's acting right now. No, he's acting. I would do the exact same thing. Yeah. And, he has every right to because he brought you a championship. The Sox don't win a championship without David Price. No, they don't. No, no chance. They don't. they don't win a championship without Leave David him alone. Price. Leave him alone. Actually, you Let know him what? talk his shit. You know what? They probably do because No, they don't. No, yeah, they don't. I think I think Nathan Avaldi could have pitched those same innings. If and he, this, you get the same results? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. You get the fuck he out of here. He retired sixteen consecutive batters. No. Avaldi no. can do that? Yeah, get out of here, bro. Maybe. You know what that is? That's experience of choking it up year after year after year. And he knows what not to do now. Exactly. He's like, oh, Baldy's not about that life. Wait, wait, I got a man on first. Maybe I shouldn't throw to them and throw a hanging changeup over the middle of the plate for a three-run fucking jack. The last time I did that, it didn't didn't work out. Work out for me. So see, I shouldn't do that. I I uh, I also trial and error. David Price should MVP. David Price should MVP the series. No, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I agree with it. No. I agree with what I said. <laughs> you going to diss my boy Pierce? No, I love Pierce. I, I told Paulo when Pierce won the World Series, I go. <laughs> when Pierce won the World Series, huh? I told you. We should have named our boy Pierce. There's no way you would have spelled it that way, though. No, not that way, but it would have been P. You would have had a double meaning. What a double meaning. 2018 World I, Series I MVP in the 2008. Jordan, Jordan grows up. NBA Finals Jordan MVP. Jordan grows up. I'm just like, hey, Pierce, that's a that's a, a name in Boston sports folklore that will never be lived down. People will say, oh, is that after the Red Sox player? He's like, no. It's 
after the Celtics player. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a conversation you can have. You can prove some people wrong. You know what I mean? The pinnacle of both of their careers too. 08 and 2018. And you know what? And when they look at it, Pierce Pierce is a great name too. You know. But okay, going back to my right Celtics thought. First off, what are your feelings about throwing beers at people at a parade? Um, Dark. throw them up like pop-ups, especially if you're dealing with a baseball team. And keep them close. Keep them close. Yeah. And just don't chuck them or try to go for a fastball. Yeah. Also, I blame Gronk. Why? Gronk started this whole thing. Before, no one would ever, no one on a boat would ever catch a beer and chug that shit. Yeah. Now, kids go to the parade and they're like, Oh shit! I'll throw beers up and they'll chug it. That's like me handing them a beer. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you Gronk can't fuck it up. You can't throw it the way he the way they throw it at Gronk. You can't you can't do the same with the baseball team. Yeah, they don't got bear mitts like that. Yeah. Did you see Moreland in the locker room? No. Moreland became my favorite player. Was he the one that got naked? No. No. <laughs> Who's the I, one that got naked? Because they, they the, the, the video the couldn't show they him because into the, they jumped into the vat of beer. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, of, of with ice and, and pouring ice cold beer on top of it. Who's yeah. the one? Someone got naked because I think it was Arado Rodriguez. <laughs> was it? No, it wasn't. Yeah, I think it was. I, I couldn't see him doing that. I think it was. <laughs> I think I do think it was. Who had the camera? I think it was Mookie Betts, but he but he, he was obviously not trying to show him like that, that. But he kept he kept showing flash. You you could just tell he was naked. Like you know how like you'll like throw beer a beer to somebody across the room. Like maybe you throw it and don't catch it. You would like. Wow, nice catch, man. There's a video of Moreland, and there's mad people around him. And he was like, come on, throw me some beers. And they throw him one, he puts it here. Two, puts it here. Three, puts it here. Four, puts it here. He's like, oh, five, puts it here. Six, and he's fucking and he's, and he's handing out beers. He's like, oh, catching the next one. So he has them all Yo, in his, he in literally, his literally, if Mitch Moreland doesn't win a gold glove after that video, <laughs> then we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like the way that he caught the way he was fielding it he like, caught about 74 beers in the matter of one minute didn't drop a single sud it's a man of the people right that's there. a champion right there a champ he came up big too he did mitch oh. See, that's why i love this team so many people have their own stories did he have how, the three run how bomber? they came up big yes. he had the three run yeah. bomber right yeah. now now the comeback ev- game Everyone wants to say, comeback, everyone wants the, to say Pierce's home run was bigger, but I think Moreland's home run was bigger I mean, right there. In that comeback game, yeah, yeah. Because you got two on, two out. But then Pierce what? got it going in the first inning, though. I know. The first inning, he set the tone. I know, I know. And he did what he did in game, uh, in game four, too. What an amazing team. One of your favorite sports, uh, Boston sports teams? One of mine. It's, a, they're up there. I'm gonna say something. They're up there. Most of the time I'm able to enjoy sports. But I really feel like more than any other sports championship team, or it actually made me realize that Felger and Maz makes you hate everything. No, oh, of course. Just like they made you hate David Price for what he said, even though he won them a championship. Just the way they made but, you hate. I mean, David Price sucks. David Price sucked. And I, I didn't, I didn't let Felger and Maz ruin my opinion on David Price. Like, I went to a game when the benches cleared and David Price was supposed to pitch against the Yankees in April and he said, Oh, I can't feel my fingers and he didn't pitch. All right. 
I don't have, I don't have, I, I don't have. It was too cold for him. Yeah, it was too cold for him. So I, I, and, and that was two years of that shit. This year, playoffs, whatever, it was nails. But seriously, bro, like, I listen to Felger and Maz, and I'm like, bro, I should have enjoyed this fucking team. Instead, I kept worrying about the fucking bullpen. Mm. I kept worrying about JD Martinez. What are they going to do with JD? Are they going to say Jackie Bradley? Jackie Bradley sucks. Like, uh, Jackie Bradley sucks. Fucking Xander Bogart sucks. Fucking, uh, why did we trade for Ovaldi? Who the fuck is Beers? This team doesn't know what they're fucking doing. Uh, <laughs> they fucking, say that. who the fuck is Beers? Yeah. <laughs> this is your move? Yeah. This yeah. is what you do to oh, improve the oh, team? Oh, well, guess what? Chris Sale's fucking injured. He's fucking going to have Tommy John. You're never going to see him again. <laughs> fucking David Price, that's who you're relying on in October is David Price. This team will get swept. Like, yeah, I listen to them. And literally, like, I, even if I didn't believe all of it, I literally would watch the game and be like, well, if we lose, you know, David Price, <laughs> we're relying on David Price. And Chris Sale's never going to pitch again. And, and who the who, fuck's Evaldi, you know? Who the fuck is Pierce? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? You know what, though? So I decided. And I think I'm going to call them up tomorrow. I think I'm just going to be like, yo, fuck you. Fuck you and your stupid negativity. You know what I mean? Because I should have enjoyed the fuck out of this team. And even though, even though they won the World Series, I feel like I I wasn't enjoying this team. That's what those that's what those dudes do, man. They just preach negativity, and whether you agree with them or not, at some point the team is going to prove it. Just think about it. No, no no player is just going to go off every single game, and then the moment they don't go off. They're going to say, oh, see, I told you. And then when they do go off like David Price did in the, in the playoffs, well, where was this before? You're making this or, kind of money. Or, or you, like, know what, it, you know what they do, too? You know what they do, too? You know what they do, too? Well, hell is frozen over. Right, right. You know what I mean? Oh, it's wacko world. Exactly. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck them. They pawned it as a fluke. Oh, yeah. Well done, Sean. Good job. Sorry. No, I like it. I like it. No, it's just like, you know, I'm done with the negativity. Like, be negative. Enjoy this team, no, no, man. But, but, I'm telling you, this here, team is, this is a special, saying. special team. Here's what I'm saying. Like, We've I seen think... a lot of championship teams, especially Red Sox, in our, in our last, I don't know, what, 15 years, 16 years. This is one heck of a team. Let me ask you something. Am I the most positive person when it comes to the Boston Celtics? For the most part, yes. You don't think you are? I don't know. You think you're more negative than positive? I think, at, at, do, do I, Okay, well, I guess if that's the case, man, then I I I think that you're skeptical. I, I guess you could, I skeptical. could say that. Yeah, you're skeptical, but for the most part, I mean, you're about to predict that something's going to win four and zero the next four. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. your <laughs> your your that's your stick. That's your thing. Mm. But you're skeptical and you're critical of people of players. Yeah, so I think you could be critical, but I just don't feel you like, have very high expectations like, for players. Here, Put here's, it that here's way. my problem. Here's my problem. Like, why in Boston sports media do people have to come on and be like, he sucks? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why can't they just be like, yo, he needs to do X, Y, and Z. Instead, they just come on, ah, he sucks. He's a white. It's like, yo, just, like, relax. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, after one game, you're going to fucking say, or even before of all these pitches, a single fucking pitch. You're gonna say Dombrowski fucks it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, like, like that. That's what people want to listen to somehow in Boston sports. All right, let's look ahead, Sean. What we got, man? All right, my bad. Yeah, we'll probably edit that whole shit out. That's <laughs> what do you got? 
Ah, uh, okay. We looking ahead. We looking ahead. So after the Bucks lose to the Celtics, oh, happy Halloween, everybody. The Celtics schedule is tough. Hands down, tough. You got the arguably third best team in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion, Indiana Pacers. And then guess what? They're going choo-choo. They're going across country, man. West Coast trip in what? November? What? Doesn't make no sense. But they go to the Nuggets, which is a tough team. Very Isaiah tough team. Thomas, what's happening? He's not playing, but yeah, he is on the roster. But there. no, that's a great team. Uh, Suns, they travel, <laughs> they travel to the Suns and then they back it to back go against the Jazz. Now that does not complete their road trip. But by the time we get back on the mics, we'll tell you about the rest of the road trip. So realistically, that's a tough four game, five game stretch. You got the Bucks at home, so you 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 play at home against the best team in the Eastern Conference, quote unquote, best team in the Eastern Conference. Then you got to get on the road, and you don't just get on the road and just like go to Indiana and then like to New York. You go to Indiana, and then they're like, "Yo, just go to Denver after this, Phoenix." And then Utah. Like, that is tough, man. Four straight road games. Well, actually, it ends up turning into five straight road games. Five straight road games. And you start in Indiana? That Mm. doesn't – that's not cool. You start in Indiana and you're facing top five Western Conference teams minus the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, the entire time. Yeah. So I I just feel like if you're going to go on a West Coast road trip, you should should start – you should leave from home. Like, I don't really like this this part of the schedule at all. This is going to be one of the toughest parts of the schedule all year. Well, what I like about it is that it's happening this soon. Like, I, I like that. Get this over with now. Face that challenge now. And then down the road, you'll be better equipped for the next five-game swing. You know, five-game road trip. Yeah, so. we'll see. But it's going to be good for them. Yeah, I'm not going to make a prediction here. What do you mean? Just kidding. Five and no motherfucker! They're going to sweep the road trip. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, Sean, while you were doing that, um, breaking news. Your boy Derek Rose just went off against the Utah Jazz. 50 points. Your boy D Rose went off he for 50 did points. 40 with the next, didn't he? No, I know. I saw that. He's, yeah. he's been, he's been on a hot streak. But 50? 50. Dropped a 50 piece? Damn. He just followed I, up Clay Thompson. You know, you we know were what, just talking about you know that. What, you know what's funny is I actually read something about Derek Rose and how he said, like, you know, this and 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 he's one of these guys that haven't been saying this. He said, "This is the first season that I feel like back to normal." You know what I mean? Like, which truthfully, the motherfucker's had like seven and a half knee surgeries. You mm. know what I mean? He probably has like some Asian dude's legs from Taiwan at this point. You know what I mean? Like he, those legs are not his. So I don't know if he's feeling good. Cuts his hair. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, how much does that have to do with him uh, reuniting with Coach Tibbs? Anything? Uh, uh, no, a little I, bit? No, I don't does it think feel it like old do, times? No, does that help? I don't think it has to do anything with Coach Tibbs because he was there last year. And he was there when the Bulls – when he was on the Bulls. I just think that – Well, that's what I mean. Like being I just, in the Bulls. I just, I just think that what, his last legitimate season, like when he was on the Knicks, he was shooting jumpers. He, was, he was, wasn't looking like Derrick Rose. But there was one play that happened in like I think one of the first two games of the year – where he did cut in, do a little Euro step, and just ended up getting like way high on the rim. And I was like, huh, Derrick Rose, huh? 
And and then he came off that after that game and said, I feel better than ever. I feel I feel great. And he hasn't said that. He's been sad as Derrick Rose for like four years now. It's been depressed. Yeah, he has never come out and said, I feel better than I ever had. He's been like, I'll try. I'll see what I can do. You know, uh, I hope I, I hope I can be good. You know, you should never, you should never know with these type of knees. <laughs> but he came out and said, I feel better than I ever have. So, hey, if he gets back to, if he gets back, if he gets back to 75% of what he was in 2011, then he could score 50 points. See, they'll be all right. They don't need Jimmy Butler. They're good. They got Derrick Rose. They got old school Derrick Rose's no, back. No. They got Cat. They got Wiggins. My, my guess, my guess though, if I, if I had to guess, he put up 50 tonight. He's going to tear both ACLs in the next game. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Or maybe not. Maybe Why not, would you say that? That's maybe, terrible. No, no. You know what? He's, I think the he's Milwaukee passed. Bucks need to. I mean, Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves need to find a way to trade Jimmy Butler to the Rockets, man, and make the deal happen. You know what I'm talking about. Make Eric Gordon your new shooter. Nah. Open the floor nah. for someone like Rose to drive, for someone like Wiggins to drive, because we know that jump shot can be very inconsistent at times. The only person I'm giving and up. Get the offense going. You need another shooter. That is your guy. The only person I'm giving up from Houston for Jimmy Butler, along with my four first round draft picks, would be Carmelo Anthony. I would probably trade. Oh five. yeah, because teams will line enough for that dude. I'd probably take, I'd probably trade Six first round draft picks if you take Carmelo as well. Cause the whole problem with that team is Carmelo. 1000%. And like, people joked about this before the start of the season, but it's a fucking reality now. Hello? Hello? Nah, they lost their defense. Though. The Rockers, the Rockets are, the, the Rockers. Rockers. <laughs> Sean, Sean Michaels and Marty Janetti. The Rockers! It's because they lost their defense, Sean. That's been the biggest problem. Nah, it's because they don't have a reason. It's because Mike D'Antoni has a fucking shelf life, and James Harden Bob is Mute. a diva. They need those and guys. and guess what? When you just build offense on a team, hello, that never fucking works. Look at the Suns. Look at D'Antoni's Suns. What did they have to do when before they they fired D'Antoni? Guess what they did? They traded Stoudemire. They're, they they had the reigning two-time MVP, <clears throat> James Harden, right? Possible reigning two-time MVP. Lost, was the runner-up two times. And guess what happens? When D'Antoni's there, there's a shelf life. The NBA figures you out. Steve Nash was still great after that. But guess what? That team was nothing after that. Well, the Rockets also tried to shoot their way back in Game 7 against the Warriors. And they ended up missing... Uh, a record 28 consecutive three-pointers. So maybe you do have a point. D'Antoni's gotta go. If you get a, if you get a real coach in there, if you get a, uh, they probably should have hired Dwayne Casey. I think if Dwayne Casey was down, I'm just kidding. Dwayne Casey sucks as a coach. That was a joke. Um, I don't know. Wait till, wait till LeBron fires Luke Walton, put him on the Rockets and then see what happens.